0: God's grace, his mercy, and his peace are yours from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. If you could just get him to fail at his plan, then the possibilities would be infinite for the devil. This week, we begin week two of our series of scandal. Last week, we heard of the plots that the devil had who who really acted like a friend to Jesus, offering Jesus something. But today we get to hear about a plan, a plan that when you see it, you smell something wrong with it. You see it's scandalous. There's something not right with it. But as you see this plan unfold, you actually see God's vibrant mercy and his grace. And here's the plan. We read again from Luke chapter 13. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go tell that fox I will drive out demons and heal people today, tomorrow, and the third day I will reach my goal. In any case, I must keep going today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. Look, your house is left desolate to you. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You look at Jesus in this context and something just doesn't feel right. It starts with the Pharisees coming up to Jesus. And Pharisees, we know pretty well to be Jesus' enemies, right? All their career, they would go out of their way to try to trap Jesus between the, the Roman government and the traditional belief of Judaism, trying to get him somewhere in the middle, trying to get him blocked away, to get him off of their backs. They would always look to try to trap Jesus with some sort of conundrum. They didn't like him. They were enemies and yet here the Pharisees step up to Jesus and they actually, it seems as if they offer an olive branch of peace to Jesus. And they say to him, you better keep moving along, Jesus, because Herod wants to kill you. Something doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right because you know the Pharisees and their actions and you can tell Jesus and his response to what the Pharisees were offering Jesus this this olive branch of peace that he knew exactly what was going on. He was getting too close. Because Jesus had this destructive nature about him, it seemed whenever he walked close to anything that Satan was doing or the world was doing, the world would want to push him farther and farther away, and it tried. Last week, we heard... Satan whisper wonderful promises to Jesus in the desert. He said, Make these stones into bread and bring yourself comfort. Bow down to me and I'll, I'll avoid any sort of suffering. I'll give you all the world. But here you can tell that Jesus is getting close because Satan is firing warning shots. Red flags are going up all over for Jesus. Herod doesn't want Jesus to step into his dominion of Galilee because he knew what it was like to have someone, a religious fanatic, according to him, pester him. John the Baptist very easily punched holes in Herod's reputation. Herod had to deal with it. He had to put John the Baptist in prison. Ultimately, he killed John the Baptist at the request of of foolish party requests. And he had to deal with that too. And he knew that Jesus was no good for him because he knew how sinful he was. And to be a good ruler, or at least to seem like a good ruler, you have no opposition. You silence it. And so there Herod, crafty as he was using these Pharisees as emissaries. Move along, Jesus. Go to the next area in your ministry and don't bother me. And Jesus was used to it. It's not the first time he was unwanted. In fact, this this seems to spark in his mind another event that was coming up That where he knew he was unwanted, as he turns his eye to Jerusalem, and he says to Jerusalem, 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 oh how I long to gather you under my wings, but you are not willing. Jerusalem was supposed to be God's kingdom. That's... The capital of the promised land, the capital of the promised people, and in the middle of that capital was the temple representing God's presence among his people. That is where the holy city, as they called it, was. That's where kings like David and Solomon sat on the throne and ruled in God's name. And yet here you have the Son of Man standing outside its walls and lamenting over it, saying, you've rejected me. Jesus was unwanted. There are warring shots going up left and right. Wherever he would go because he was essentially walking in to Satan's dominion, Satan's stronghold, because this thin veil of religion that Jerusalem had kept reaching out and kept doing something so horrible that he says, you... There's no prophet that dies outside of Jerusalem. The reach of Jerusalem not only extended to the walls, but outside the walls, as prophets like Jeremiah would come and share that one day their city would be desolate if they continued not to believe in God and turn from their ways, and yet they didn't. And so Jesus stands outside the city, unwanted, but that doesn't deter him. You see, God never stops working for us. These warnings that Jesus was giving were to push him off his path. To avoid him from going to the place that he needs to go to. And you realize when you look at Jesus, he is this this prophet that he's essentially talking about. He's saying, the prophets, they all die in Jerusalem. And that essentially was his final destination as he slowly journeyed around Galilee and eventually went to Jerusalem. And there, he would find his death. He had sin and death cornered. And when you have an enemy cornered, they're going to fight their hearts out. And they did. And they killed the Son of Man. But here's a scandal. Jerusalem, Jesus already knew to be Satan's dominion. The temple, it was abandoned. The the person that needs to be dwelling in that temple, the Messiah, was not there. He was not welcome there and so... These people did not want the divine person that could save them. All they wanted were their traditions and, and their customs, and they found themselves rejecting the very thing that they needed. He didn't need to go there. He could have listened to Herod and the Pharisees and left the region of Galilee. He didn't need to be there. He wasn't wanted. Instead, what does he say? I'll continue my work today, tomorrow, and the third day. Essentially saying, I'm gonna wreak havoc in Satan's kingdom. Right under your nose, Herod. I'm gonna walk around and tramps in your region and stir up Satan. Because that's what I come for. I'm not here simply to blend in with the culture. I'm here to destroy the culture of sin and this thin veil of religion that is no religion at all. It's it's only Satan's way of giving us assurance in the customs and the practices of the church. I'm here to destroy that all and give you the very thing that you need, the divine, to give you myself. The plan is the scandal. Because why would Christ go to a place that doesn't want him? Why would he walk into a city where he was rejected, where he knew he would die? Why would he go to a city who has killed so many prophets they had blood spattered all over their city because of it? He shouldn't have. It just feels wrong. That one more innocent prophet would go to die. That's the scandal of it. Until you understand the will of God. And this is God's will. That he break and destroy... Every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. That keeps us from from keeping God's name holy and letting His kingdom come. God could have brought His kingdom and wiped out Jerusalem and started over. But He was so much more concerned with the hearts and the souls. In Galilee and Jerusalem, that he was willing to go to a place that he wasn't welcome. He was willing to back Satan into the corner, to back death into the corner, and have him, them flail at him everything that they could, and they did a very good job of it. Satan wasn't bluffing, and Satan's very good at that. The, throwing us off our course, throwing us away from what's good by by putting warnings and obstacles in our way, telling us, you're going to get punished for doing good. And Jesus said, I'm going to go all the way, and I'm going to be that prophet that dies in Jerusalem. Except this prophet is not only man, but also true God and divine. So as I march into Jerusalem, I will come out the other end alive. I will rise from death after Satan has thrown everything at me, and I will bring my kingdom not just to this world, but I bring my kingdom to you. And that's why today I will do my work, tomorrow I will do my work, and I will complete it on the third day. Jesus would go where He wasn't wanted. You know that's a, the very thing he does for our hearts? He goes where he's not wanted. We, we love our sinful desires at times. We, we love to act like the world acts and bring the culture of the world and, and share it right back. When the world does something for us or does something against us, we want to do something against the world. You, you think of your family or your marriages. You, maybe you are trying really hard to love your family, your neighbor, your spouse, and you don't get any love in return. Satan says, why are you continually loving them? Just give it back to them. The same thing they gave to you, give it back to them. They don't want it anyways. There's opportunities to do good. And it's just so hard to do it. There's so many obstacles in in your way. Satan says, just throw up your hands and walk away. You don't need to do it. And yet here, we see our Savior doing the very thing that we can't coming into sinful hearts like ours. Our sinful actions showing him we we love our sin. The passion story, that's an example of this, is Judas. This time he's in the garden. And with him is a, a, a troop of soldiers and he comes up to Jesus and he gives Jesus a kiss. Something that you give someone that you know very well and have confidence. But that was only thinly veiled religion. A thinly veiled act of friendship because right behind Judas you can see the soldiers ready to take Jesus. Jesus says, You betrayed me with a kiss. And he could have had his disciples pull out their swords, and yet when one did, he said, Put that away. He could have had his angels come and destroy everyone there and walk away. But he didn't. Because he had to go to Jerusalem to die. So that he could bring the kingdom of God to our hearts. Our God works for us non-stop. The Pharisees and Herod didn't realize it. But Jesus, rejecting their request to leave, he was working for even the people that were rejecting him to bring them forgiveness of sins. Herod and the Pharisees. The whole city that had blood spattered all over it because it destroyed anything that would come preaching the divine, he went to die for To give them forgiveness of sins. To show his lavish love even when there was no love given to him. To bring us the kingdom to our hearts. So, when our spouse doesn't love us back or our neighbor doesn't, Satan's there whispering. But we can say, I will continue my work today, tomorrow, and the next day doing the will of God. Loving my spouse as God has commanded me to love because I know that is extreme goodness and a benefit to me. I know the guilt that, that hangs on my shoulders The the pity party I like to throw myself when things don't go right in my my life. You know what? Forget the pity party. I will go on today, tomorrow, and the next day because I have a God to serve. And I can look at his love, his lavish love for me and how he did not stop for me. This one-way lavish love for me so that I can complete my goal. Your God does not stop working for you, and that's significant. Because he's willing to die for you, even when you didn't want him to. Even when he was unwelcome. And the sins that we consistently find ourselves in, he's willing to still love us despite those and to continue to give us his lavish grace, to continue walking our heart and wreak havoc where Satan makes us comfortable to give us answers to our fears when it comes to the gospel work and our own hearts and our devotions and as we spread to others. Because God was not willing to quit for you. He won't quit on you. He loves you that much to go to a place where he's unwanted that you can be yours. You can be his. He does so in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand. We we continue by confessing our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed printed for you on the bottom of page 5 in your bulletin. and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world.